0: on a Sunday morning service. If you're here locally, come on out. We want to meet you and connect with you, worship with you. We'd really enjoy that. But without further ado, let's jump into this message from Pastor Roger.
1: A, a half-hearted uh, welcome to Memorial Day weekend. Let's do that again. Welcome to Memorial Day service. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Hey, it's Memorial Day weekend, and this is a, a special moment that you have uh, as an American to, uh, to really think about the freedoms you have. And uh, so this Sometime during this weekend, I I encourage you to gather your family around and just sit in silence. Just shut your mouth for a little bit and just honor those people that gave the ultimate sacrifice, their life so that you could have the liberties to work the job you want, to get the education you want, to go to the church you want, um, to speak whatever's on your mind. Uh, There were people that lost their lives so that you could have those freedoms. So why don't you honor them this weekend and uh, go ahead and have the barbecue. But let's take a minute away from the barbecue and let's just honor some people that aren't here with us today because uh, they gave themselves for you. Okay, there we go, there we go, there we go. I, I, I wasn't sure if anybody, if, I was like, no, we don't do that. No, we want barbecues. It's supposed to be about barbecues and squirt guns. No, it's not, <clears throat> no, it's not. So, um, welcome to church. How do you like that intro? Come on, somebody. Um, listen, um, I'm just really excited about what God has been doing around here, and um, today I want to talk to you about... Um, about something that I, that I think is super important. So I, I was at a wedding uh, just this past weekend, and at the wedding I, I met somebody that was talking about their, um, their experience growing up in church. And they grew up in a, in a very legalistic, uh, he, heavy-handed church that uh, was all about the, the rules, the do's and the don'ts. I don't know about you, but that's exactly how I grew up. Um, I, I grew up in a church that was very, I affectionately call it mean church, okay? <laughs> it, was, it was very, very heavy handed and um, and I was talking to this guy and, and he had said, you know, my my whole family, we, we just we just don't even go to church anymore at all because this is what we believe but yet we also know we can't fit in with that and so we just don't go to church at all and, and, and that broke my heart because I know people from my background are often the same way when they... When they leave that heavy-handed religious stuff, they usually just like lose out with God altogether because they they tied living for God with all the packaging that goes with it, and um, and I know that goes for a lot of people. If you come from a religious background, you, you, your experience is probably similar. And so today, I just want to talk today about about how to get free of that stuff. All right, got yeah, a couple of you that are excited about it. The rest of you, that's all right. Whatever. Just know that I, I preach best if people are talking to me while I'm preaching. So, um, yeah, I, I, just, I just really feel like there's, um, there's more to living for God than all of that other stuff. And, and sometimes we can really, we can make it more complicated than it is. Paul says this in Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. He says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. It's very easy for us to fall after the grace of God, and then quickly turn it into something it's not. And um, and really, here here's I'm just going to summarize that passage: Jesus plus anything is a different gospel. Okay, Jesus plus anything is a different gospel, and 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 we quickly go there. We we uh, we make it Jesus plus. Don't go to movie theaters. Jesus plus. Make sure you read out of the King James Version of the Bible only. Jesus plus Jesus plus, no tattoos. Jesus plus whatever it might be. Whatever it might be. Uh, Jesus plus you make sure you dress in the right clothing, right? Uh, make sure you uh, have short hair as a man. Whatever it might be. Uh, Jesus plus all of that stuff, I'm telling you, becomes a different gospel. It really does. And uh, maybe today you're, you're uh, I'll just throw this out there, just break the ice a little bit. I feel like maybe maybe you're wondering why I'm kind of rigid. Um the reason why I feel rigid today is uh, I got out of town for just a few, uh, just a few days, to, for two days to, to get out, and um, well, really one whole day. It was a one-day drive. Anyway, one day to, to go do well, we, just a strategic planning. Our, our church is growing a lot, and we've got a lot of work we need to do, getting getting prepared for where we're going as a church, and so. We, we went out of town to go um, just sit down and, and just strategize. And so we were doing that out on a deck in Tahoe. Thank the Lord for Tahoe, somebody. And um, and as we're out there, I, I just realized it was it was only like 60 degrees, so it wasn't hot, but the sun was out, and it was amazing. And I thought, I'm just taking off my shirt, because this is ridiculous. It's so nice out. And um, just fun fact, it can be cold and you still get sunburned, just saying. Uh, so... <laughs> That's that's why I'm not moving very much right now. And uh, so thank you for not giving me a pat on the back after church. Amen, somebody? All right. <laughs> thankfully I was wearing turn that off. Okay, good. Uh, thankfully I was wearing a hat, so my face didn't get it. I was doing a wedding yesterday and I was like, thank God my face doesn't look like a lobster too, because she'd kill me. Rebecca would kill me if I showed up to her wedding with a red face. <laughs> That'd be terrible. But um anyway, it's just good. Hey, <clears> hmm. <throat> Uh, somebody right now, you just got offended about that. I'm sorry. This message is for you. Okay. There we go. Um, listen, you can have uh, you can have the best plans and the best uh, ideas, but if they're in bad soil, they won't work. I think a lot of times what we really focus on is our goals and our vision and where we're going and what we're trying to do, whether that's in our house, in our business, in our church. We're thinking about... The goal, where we're trying to head, and I want you to know today that, listen, culture is more important than your dreams. Culture is, is not really the things you do. It's not the fruit you produce. Culture is the soil that the plant of your life grows in. So you can have the best practices, In a business with a bad soil, it doesn't matter if you have the best practices that you learned at some retreat somewhere, if your soil is bad, I promise you, you will not reach your goals. But you can have a half-baked plan and really good culture, a really great environment to be around, and I promise you, you will exceed your goals. So today what I want to talk about is, is what is at the soil of Celebration Church, because I have people all the time tell me things like, oh, I just love, I just love coming to church. I just feel, people say things like this. They say, like, when I come, I just, I feel the spirit of God. Anybody ever, like, you came here and you're like, I just feel the spirit of God in this place. I got some people over here that do, right? They'll say that, and I'm like, that's awesome. Like, I hope you experience his presence, right? This is not just an intellectual faith. This is a real tangible faith. And, and I have people say things that they're like, hey, uh, it just feels so real. they say, it feels so real. And I'm like, that's cool. I don't know what that means. I'm pretty sure you like that it's real until, like, you hear me say something real that you didn't want me to say. And then, then I'm, I'm offensive, right? Like, it's, it's, whatever. <clears throat> but here's the deal. At, at the soil, of, of the, at the bottom level. So not at the fruit of what kind of services we have, not at the fruit of what kind of impact we have in the city, what our outreach team is doing, but at the soil level, I want to talk about what's in the soil because if you don't get that piece right, it doesn't matter how much you do, the fruit will not be the same. Won't be the same. And so we're talking about culture. Culture's like um I think an easy way to describe culture is is the, around here. It's an Idaho word, right? Like, so culture could be it could be fancy. It could be like Mona Lisa, right? Mona Lisa's culture, classical music and Mona Lisa. Or, or, or culture could be like a science word. It could be like a petri dish has a culture in it, right? It's got some bacteria. You're culturing. Uh, it could be Idaho. You got like fry sauce, right? Fry sauce is Idaho culture. That's good. anybody. Uh, That's the will of the Lord. (laughs) Or, or let me explain it like this: like agriculture. Most people around here know those words. Agriculture. It it really it's the 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 science or the practice of farming, including the cultivation of the soil for the growing of crops. For the soil for the growing of crops. I think that's interesting because if I was to say the term, and that's that's based off of a YouTube or like a Google search, so it's got to be right. Just Google internet definition. Webster's online dictionary. But the idea is that agriculture is really the science of cultivating the soil so the plants can grow. That's weird because I would think it's about the fruit. It's really not about, agriculture is really about the farming, all that. but it's also about cultivating the soil. And today, I just want to talk to somebody about what the soil looks like. Because if you get the soil right, everything else in your walk with God will bear fruit. You get the soil wrong, and you're going to be frustrated in your walk with God for a long time, like I was as a, as a young person. I was always frustrated. I felt like I could never quite live up to what God expected out of my life. And then when I did live up to what I felt God expected out of my life, I assumed other people weren't living up to what God expected out of my life, right? Jesus says this in Mark chapter 4, verse 26. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. So he's saying this is what the kingdom of God is. It's a guy throwing seed on the ground, and he sleeps. So the man sleeps, and he rises at night and day. So he sleeps and rises. He throws seed on the ground, and then the man goes to sleep and wakes up. Goes to sleep and wakes up. And the seed sprouts and grows. The man does not know how. The earth produced it by itself. First the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear, but when the grain is ripe, at once he puts the sickle, and because the harvest has come. It's this idea that the kingdom of God is like fruit, or it's like grain. We throw it on the soil, and then we live our lives, and as we're living our lives, the soil itself has within it the ability to produce fruit. So today, I'm I'm talking to somebody about what's What's at the very foundational level of your walk with God? This matters, especially if you came from a very religious church environment that was all about how to behave and how to avoid behaving badly. Around here, we have this this uh, this idea that um, you. you You can go to a church service and they can sing, two churches can sing the same song. Like you come to our church, we sing a song, somebody else sings the same song. But sometimes, maybe not even at our church, but you go one church to sing a song, another church to sing the same song, but it's different. The difference is the culture. You go to one Bible study and they teach a Bible study lesson, and you go to another Bible study and they teach a Bible study lesson, and at one you're like, oh my goodness, that was amazing. The difference is not the practice. The difference is the culture. It's the soil. What is what is nurturing the word that's being produced? That's what it is. And really, there's this the, the, in, the, in the scripture. The second story in scripture is about agriculture. It's about God cultivating a garden. First story, is a creation story, where God gives purpose to creation. Second story is agriculture, where God is is teaching Adam and Eve how to how to live. He's showing them how to cultivate life. <clears throat> Truly, this, is, this message right here is one of the foundational messages of, of my walk away from a hyper-religious experience is understanding this piece here, and that's why I'm sharing it with you. Genesis chapter 2, verse 9 says this. And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Got two trees in the center, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's not the tree of life and the tree of evil. It's the tree of knowing the difference between good and evil. You catch that, right? It's not, the, it's not the tree of life and the tree of sin. That's not what it is. The tree of life and the tree of the devil. It's not what it is. It's the tree of life and the tree of knowing good and evil. Yeah. Yeah. This is important because really what's going on is, is we're, we're seeing, yes, there's physical trees being talked about here. But really it goes beyond physical trees. We're talking about a world view here. Approaching God based on a tree of life or a tree of knowing the difference between right and wrong. You, you know, when you, when, you, when you know the difference between right and wrong, you're able to evaluate and you're able to judge and tell what's, what's true and what's not true, right? Which is nice. I sure like to be able to put people on a measuring stick, it's fantastic when I watch those Alaska uh, adventure shows, like the Alaska reality TV shows, like for you, you may think, those are some of the people come to me all the time. Like, did you see that Alaska Bushmen show? So amazing. And I'm like, those dudes are not from Alaska. (laughs) I'm from Alaska. I promise you they're not from, like I saw one of those episodes where they're out on the middle of a river during breakup. The river's like breaking apart and they're out in the middle of the river on snow machines. No, 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 no Alaskan is doing that. That's somebody in Hollywood writing a script. Right? Because it's nice to be able to know the difference, to be able to identify and categorize the difference. tree of life and the tree of knowing the difference between good and evil. Verse 16, and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree in the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day that you eat of it, you shall surely eat die, right? On the day that you eat of that tree, you're done. You've messed up everything on the day that you eat the tree because this tree changes the lens, it changes the lens that you have that you look at life with. One, you approach life with the tree of life, and the other, we approach life knowing the difference between what's good and what's evil. In the next chapter, we see this. And somebody right now, you're like, ah, oh, I'm not sure I like this. It's okay. The next chapter, verse 3, it says this. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the beasts in the field that the Lord had made. Which is still true, right? Like, <laughs> I'm not, not a fan of snakes at all. Not a fan of snakes. I'm from Alaska. I like big things I can see from a quarter mile away. Okay? I want to be able to... Put one in the chamber when it's coming to it. I don't want I don't want a little snake or a spider or something. That's, that's not good. More crafty than any of the beasts of the field. And he said to the woman, Did God actually say? Now this is interesting. What happens here in this third chapter is there's actually about three or about seven lies that uh, that Eve believes about this whole situation, which we may do a whole sermon series on these lies. But these are these are like the basic lies that Satan enters into our world about the things of God. And here's what here's what he says. He says, "You Shall you not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruits of the tree in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Ah! But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. I want to point one thing out here. Originally, God said there was two trees in the middle of the garden. The tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Eve says there's one tree in the middle of the garden. It's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. She has shifted her worldview to be all about what she avoids. Because what you focus on now, like where's the center of a garden? Where's the center of a forest? The center is wherever your focus is. It's wherever you built a tree fort as a kid. That's now the middle. And she has built her world around what she avoids. He says, you shall not eat it or touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. Knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was delightful to the eye, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit, and she ate, and she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he was a moron, so he ate it also. (laughs) And then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and they made themselves loincloths. Look what happened earlier. It said this. this. Remember, this is the bait that Satan uses on her. He doesn't say, take of this fruit because it's sin. He doesn't do that. He says this. He says, if you eat this fruit, you will be like God, knowing good and evil. He doesn't say you're going to have as much power as God. He doesn't say you're going to be super strong like God. He says you're going to be like God in the sense that you will now be able to predict what he likes and what he doesn't like. Yeah. You, this is going to sound like blasphemy to somebody, but the, the, the thing he uses to trick her is this godliness. Yeah. He tricks her and says... You will learn how to gain God's approval because you will know the difference between good and evil. I thought it was the tree of evil. No, it's the tree of knowing the difference between good and evil. And I don't know about you, but the way I grew up in church was all about knowing the difference between good and evil. It was all about me learning the rules for what I do and the rules for what I avoid. And as long as I did the things I was supposed to do and avoided the things I wasn't supposed to do, somehow that was supposed to make me godly or like God. And what I'm saying is the original tree here is the tree of life or the tree of living in a system of right and wrong. Everybody, everybody right now that grew up in, in kind of staunch churches like, I don't know if lightning's going to come right now. <laughs> That's okay. Because what I'm telling you is the truth. Yeah. That the enemy of your soul will deceive you by tricking you into believing that the way you approach God is by knowing the difference between what's good and what's bad. And living in that system. The problem was when I lived that way, when when it for me it was all about me living the perfect life and like like being being the Guys, I think sometimes we get it all confused. We think the guy up here preaching, like I'm here. Like what what validates me being here is that I know the most Bible, or I pray the hardest, or I uh, maybe I'm the most devoted to the Lord, or maybe like I, I don't know some like I, I've done the most good things, or something. like that, that never I haven't sinned all week, and so I'm allowed to preach. That like that's not the point. In fact, let me just say, let me just throw this out there for anybody that has any questions. Everyone in this room, uh, you can hide it all you want to. I know for a fact you sinned this week. How does he know? Because we're the same. That's what we do. And when we live in this world where we think approaching God is all about knowing the difference between right and wrong, doing what's right and avoiding what's bad. What often happens is we fall into a victim mentality. This is what, what, what Eve did. She's like, God says, Eve, what happened? Or God says to Adam, he says, Adam, what happened? And Adam's like, well, it was that woman you gave me. It's God's fault because God gave him the woman, right? That, it's your fault, God, that I'm in this situation. And Eve's like, it's the snake's fault. This is what we do. We, we, we go down this road of, like, it's someone else's fault. Like, like, it's someone else's, like, God, it's your fault that I didn't have the opportunity somebody else had. And because of that, that's why I'm not where I should be. I didn't have the privilege in my life that someone else might have had. And because of that, that's, it's not my fault that things have turned out the way they are. That's how we, we become victims, right? Like, like, I just didn't have the same chances, the same opportunities, victims. Or we go down the shame route, right? Or we know, like, even though we're putting on a front to everybody that we're doing all the right things and we're avoiding all the bad things, like we didn't say no bad words, we're, we're doing really good on the nice things, but the truth is we know inside, <laughs> we know what our heart is really like, and so there's like this, this weight of shame and guilt that comes on us. This is what Adam and Eve did, right? They recognize, oh, right and wrong, I'm naked. I got to cover that up. That doesn't work. I need to hide. This is why, like, you'll see people, they'll be really, like, this is not the only reason people leave miss church. But you'll see people often avoid being around other people from the church because they're dealing with some junk in their life. And for some reason, they think that if I can get away from the other people, then know how I'm supposed to be. Maybe I won't feel guilty. Can I just say that's not the point? Like, like, like if, if that's the, the worldview, is like living for God is all about doing the right things and avoiding the wrong things, then you have bitten into the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. Guilt and shame. So one tree is all about what you do, and the other tree is all about receiving what Jesus has already done for us. One tree is about religion, how you approach God. The other is about relationship, just following and pursuing a relationship with God. It's not about doing the right things and avoiding the wrong things. It's simply about living in the life that Christ provides one is, about, one is about gaining approval, right? One is this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, I'm like going through the world thinking of all the good things I should do and all the bad things I shouldn't do. What we're doing is we're trying to gain God's approval because G- I, I thought God was like, I didn't think he was mad at me, but I did think he was like an authoritarian after me if I messed up. Like, I didn't think he was angry with me, but I did think he had, like, a laser gun or, like, an acid squirt gun. And he was just waiting for me to mess up, right? 13 years old in junior high. Like, if I lust after a girl, God's going to smite me. I'm still here. I'm still here. <laughs> I, made I made it. And not because I didn't lust after a girl, right? <laughs> nah, he, he didn't come after me. He didn't. Why? Because that that's the wrong mentality. I, and I went through all those years, of constantly, God forgive me, God forgive me, God forgive me. God, which repentance is a great posture that we must have. But if we're constantly repenting because we think we're we're failing at receiving God's approval, we have bad soil. Bad soil. Listen, I don't care what you've done, right? And I don't care what you failed to do that's bad. God still loves you. God loves you. He's crazy about you. He's crazy about you. Like when you flip down the visor in God's car, there's a picture of you. No, pastor, that's cute. That's fun. You're a preacher. He's crazy about you. But me, you don't know who I slept with this week. You don't know the hate that was in my heart this week. Pastor, you don't know about the porn that I looked at this week. And you can say that God loves me all you want to, but he and I both know I've got trash I'm dealing with. Listen, can you put put this verse up here? I just want to read this for you just so you understand. It says this, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still, not after you got it all figured out, not after you became a Christian and then got it all figured out, no, while you were still a screw-up, Christ died for you. I'm saying it doesn't matter what you did this week. Whatever wretched thing it was that was in your life, I'm telling you, you serve the kind of God that doesn't look at that and say, get that stuff, take care of that. He's saying, while you're in the middle of it, I'm dying for you. I'm surrendering my life for you because I want to extend an opportunity for a relationship. Otherwise, what we do is we just think it's all about what we do or what we what we don't do, right? So one is receiving God's love for us versus chasing approval. The next one is this is in this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, what we do is we we obey God out of duty. We, we obey God out of what He expects from us. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, like Christian robots. I forsake not the assembling selves, uh, thine selves together, especially as thou shalt see the days approaching. Right? So I must go to church. I'm faithful. We are all one body with many members. <laughs> I'm the member, so I will serve. I'm serving in the church. I'm faithful. right? Like That's what we do. <laughs> thou hast robbed God. How hast I robbed God in thine ties and thine offering hast thou robbed God? I, t- I give, therefore, I am faithful, right? Like, like yes, you should do. You should do all those things. You should not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. You should be part of the body of Christ. You should give, but not as a robot. Not as someone that thinks that somehow you're earning God's approval by doing those things, because He doesn't care about that. He cares about the relationship, the tree of life. Okay, okay, that's so. I'm not the greatest husband at like planning dates. Okay, Uh, I was really good at planning dates until we got married. I mean, I was amazing, and then she's like, "What happened?" Like, I just tapped out, baby. Like, I don't have any more ideas. (laughs) Want to go make out? <laughs> that's, that's. But imagine, and I do, I, I do nice stuff. So but let's imagine, like, it's our anniversary. It's July 21st. Boom. Just saved myself. And it's, it's July 21st. And I'm like, hey, babe, like, uh, it's our anniversary. I got you a manicure pedicure at the spa. I got us reservations. I'm not even doing the typical me thing, which is like show up and be like, oh, you have to make reservations. (laughs) Like, no, I made reservations a week ago. It's amazing. I'm at barbacoa. We're gonna spend like our entire paycheck on one meal. That's how this is gonna happen, babe. Like, it's gonna be amazing. You eat anything you want, you can get the big tuft of cotton candy. It's gonna be awesome. What do you think? She's like, oh, I'm excited. This is going to be great. I'm like, good. Because I just read in the husband manual. In the husband manual right here, it says, don't forget the anniversary and make sure you get her something special and go eat somewhere. Done. She would look at me like I'm crazy. No, she wouldn't. She'd probably throw something at me. So she probably do. And she wouldn't miss the dinner, right? She would, she would, she'd be at that dinner. I wouldn't be at the dinner. She, she'd go get the manicure. I'd be having dinner. I'd be making peanut butter and jelly at home, and she's eating barbecue by herself. Right? If I was like, because that's not the way a relationship works. No, I did what I'm supposed to do. I'm good. No, no, no. That's not how it works. Like, like, imagine if, if my whole relationship with my wife was like this. Like, like I'm just an amazing husband because I didn't cheat on her today. Like, you wouldn't be very proud of me. Like, you'd be like, okay, buddy, like, good job. Like, yay. No, 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 that's not how a relationship works. Like, oh, I just, I, you know, I, I didn't sneak money out of the bank account today, so I guess we're in a good relationship. No, that's not how it works. It's not how it works. And somebody's like, you don't sneak money out of the bank? No, you don't. So we can live out of duty, tree of knowledge of good and evil, doing the check marks as though God somehow approves of that. Or we can live in the life that Christ has called us to. That's living out of desire. Desire. That's living, that's, that's living in the relationship and doing the things because we want to do the things. Because I actually am crazy about this girl over here. Like, like the reason I don't lie to her isn't because as a husband you're not supposed to lie to your spouse. It's because I think she's amazing. Yeah. Somebody knows. She's ridiculous. And because of that, I treat her like I truly love her. Like, like the way I treat her is not out of action, out of like a duty it's it's out of a desire for her like like i just want her to have the best jesus says it like this like <clears throat> i think a lot of us what we here's what we do we mature as christians we get saved we're like it's okay babies babies poop the diapers it's okay the diapers, babies poop the diapers, and then when we grow up in our faith, we're like, No, now I know the difference between pooping the diaper and not pooping the diaper. So I'm a sophisticated believer now, and we mature ourselves right out of a relationship with Jesus. Yeah, that's good. I'm just super mature. Like, no, I, I just, I fixed everything. Everything's going fine. I'm, I fixed it all. And I'm just here to tell you, Jesus says, if you don't approach him with the faith of a child, you're not going to see the kingdom of heaven. I'm just telling somebody, like, there's an innocence we lose when we shift from a relationship with Jesus right back to the knowledge of good and evil. It ruins the whole thing. It, it ruins it, it all. Maybe the band would come right now. Somebody right now, they're thinking, like, what, is, what does it look like then? If knowledge of good and evil is knowing what's right, and doing that and avoiding what's bad, then what does God, how do we get in the tree of life? Listen, it's really simple. The way we live for God in the tree of life is we fall in love with Jesus. No, pastor, I wanted 13 steps. No, this is not as hard as we're making it. We fall in love with Jesus. And as you grow in love with him, and you talk with him, and he talks to you, I promise you, he's going to sort out the nonsense in your life. The stuff he doesn't like, he'll tell you about it. The stuff he wants to see grow in you, he's going to tell you about it because it's about falling in love with him and him saying, oh, I love it when you do, I love it when you spend time with me in prayer. It's not prayer because I have to, you know, I have to do my five out, my five minutes of prayer because pastor said I needed to pray. No, no, no. It's because he says, I love it when you pray. I love to hear your voice. Singing on a Sunday morning, instead of putting in your time for worship service, it's, He's told you, he loves to hear you sing to him and so you sing to him. This entire time, somebody's probably been being like, okay, youngster, that's cute, but that's not how this really works. We keep the commands of the Lord. John 14, 15 says this, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And you're like, ah, finally you're telling the truth. No, learn grammar. Look where the comma is. It's not, if you love me, keep my commandments. It's not what it is. If you love me, keep my commandments. It's not, if you love me, you'll prove it. It's not what it is. If you keep my commandments, I'll know you love me. That's not what it is. If you love me, yeah, you're going to keep my commandments. If you love me, that stuff's going to work itself out. If you just really cultivate the love for me, all the other stuff is going to take care of itself. I'm telling somebody, you've been, you've been paying attention to the fruit on the tree, like really trying to get good fruit. And I'm telling you, stop looking at the fruit. Just get good soil. Love Jesus. Like, love him. Spend time with him. Like, why do I, I don't read my Bible because I have to read my Bible. That's not, I read my Bible because the words of Jesus are in the Bible. And I get to know how he thinks and what he does and, and how he interacts. And, and I begin to develop a love for him through this thing. It's not out of devotion. I'm telling you, your walk with him can completely change if you just fall in love with him. Would you stand with me all across the room? We get all hung up. Try to do what's right and avoid what's wrong. And I promise you, when you love him, he'll work all that out. But it's not your job to be like him so that you can know all of that stuff. It's your job to get close to him so he can whisper in your ear what needs to change. It's not your job to clean up your act. It's your job to love him well. So right now, just where you are, maybe this is for you. Maybe maybe you've been living for God for a while, and and somehow you've traded in this this relationship you started with, and you've traded it in for a set of do's and don'ts. Then right now, I just want to pray over you. And I want to trust that God's going to do a powerful work of restoration in this house. If you're ready to receive this, maybe lift your hands towards the Lord. Just receive it. Father, right now we repent and we turn away from trying to gain your approval by doing and not doing. We turn away from trying to gain your approval through the knowledge of what's right and wrong. But in this moment right now, Jesus, we just want to say that we love you. And what we want most in this world isn't to be perfect. It's not perfection. It's you. So, Jesus, we surrender our lives and our hearts to you right now. Jesus, have your way in our families and in our homes. God, have your way in our minds. God, if there's any evil thing inside of me, tell me about it, and I'll change it. God, if there's anything you desire more from me, tell me about it, and I'll do it. But it won't be out of devotion. It won't be out of duty. God, it would be from desire, from a close relationship. So right now, Lord, we receive your great gift of grace. Your mercy that is undeserved. Maybe with everybody just kind of in the posture you're in, there's heads bowed, there's eyes closed. Maybe there's somebody under the sound of my voice who you you recognize. You have Maybe you're new to living for God, and you've tried to make this about doing what's right and avoiding what's wrong. Or maybe, maybe you've never lived for God, but you just always thought it was about being a good person. Or maybe you've been living for God for a long time, and you've traded a relationship for doing and not doing. If you fit in one of those three categories and you're, you want to make things right with God right now, would you just put your hand up? If you want to draw close to Him, put it up high. Come on, be bold. Nobody's looking at you. Come on, nice and high. I love that. All across the room. That's beautiful. Right now, we're about to receive the grace of God, the mercy of God. He is not harsh, but He is gentle. So right now I want you to pray a prayer like this. We're going to repent and we're going to believe. That's all we're going to do. Repent means we're going to turn away from the things that we think, do, and say that don't please God. Listen to that one Think. Sometimes we think we have to earn our way to him. We repent of that. And then we're going to believe in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And when we do, He's going to pull us in close. Join me, something like this. Your own words. Jesus. God, I'm sorry for the things in my life that I know don't please you. Especially the way I think. Sometimes I think I have to earn my way to you. Make you proud of me before you look towards me. Right now I'm turning away from that. And I'm trusting that you don't want to interact with me based on right and wrong, but you've got a life for me. And you're just asking me to choose life. So right now, Jesus, I repent. Forgive me of all of that. I believe that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again on the third day. So right now, I'm placing all of my faith and all of my hope All of my trust in Jesus Christ alone. Say these words Jesus, be the Lord of my life, and I'm going to follow you every day that I live. Come on, somebody just made the best decision of their life. Best decision of their life. That's the foundation. That's the soil. That's the soil that cultivates a healthy walk with God when we approach Him based on the tree of life.
0: Hey, I just want to say thank you again for tuning in to today's podcast. If you want to learn more about Celebration Church, I'd encourage you to go to our website, www.thecelebration.church, to find out more. Well, we love you guys, and let's continue to love God, love people, and change the world.